On today's show, the Houston Rockets win a nail-biter against the New Orleans Pelicans with some insane performances down the stretch of this game. Fred Van Vliet hitting a pair of clutch three-pointers late to pull ahead in this game. Alper and Shingun and Dylan Brooks with some insane defense down the stretch. We're going to break it all down for you coming up right here at Locked on Rockets. This is Mission Control, Houston. Ignition sequence start. Throw it up to Jalen Green. Shingun here in the short row. Oh, my, that's the no look. Jabari for three and the win. Yeah! Look at Tari Eason. Here comes Tari. Oh! T-minus 15 seconds. Guidance is internal. The Houston Rockets select Amen Thompson and Cam Whitmore. One thing I have never done is not made the playoffs, and so we want to take that step here as well. Six. Five, four, three, two, one. Oh my, someone called the National Weather Service. We had an unanticipated storm in the building tonight. Homeboy was raining threes down on these fools. Bam, 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 one after another. They'll lose track of you and boom, another one. That was sweet to see. You keep shooting like that, it's going to make a huge difference for us. That win was sweet to see. What's up and welcome to another edition of Locked on Rockets, your daily podcast home for everything Houston Rockets basketball. As always, I'm your host, Jackson Gatlin, native Houstonian and credentialed media member. I'm also the host of Locked on NBA Mondays. Be sure to follow along on Twitter at JT Gatlin and the show, of course, at Locked on Rockets, free and available wherever you listen to your podcasts, including YouTube. Just search Locked on Rockets, like, comment, subscribe. All that good stuff. Now, today's episode is brought to you by Prize Picks, the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Go to prizepicks.com slash locked on NBA and use code all lowercase locked on NBA for a first deposit match up to $100. And as always, thank you so much for making Locked on Rockets part of your day every single day, whether it's on your way to work, on, the, on your lunch break, in the gym. Thank you for being an everydayer. Thank you for making the show part of your day every single day. This insane game. 104-101 nail-biter win for the Houston Rockets, who are now undefeated in in-season tournament play. The most important takeaway from this game. I mean, what an insane performance to have the resiliency to close this game out. Now five wins in a row for the Houston Rockets. And I'll be honest, guys, I really didn't know if they were going to be able to close this one out because this this was kind of like a weird back-and-forth game. Like, New Orleans dominated that first quarter. Zion Williamson had 14 points early. It looked like the Rockets had no answer for him. And spoiler alert, they did have an answer for him. They made some serious adjustments to the defense to neutralize him as the game went along. Then the Rockets dominated the second quarter 28-17. to Went into halftime with a comfortable lead. And then third quarter was all Pelicans, or more, more specifically, all Jordan Hawkins. Like the Jordan Hawkins quarter, I guess. 31-16 uh, to 16 quarter in favor of the Pelicans. And then it was that fourth and final quarter where the Pelicans started with a nine-point lead, 79-70. to 70. And it was with about five minutes left to go in the game that, the, for, first off, early in the quarter, I mean, Dylan Brooks, like, tried to put the team on his back, had a couple buckets early on, like, trying to, you know, keep the scoreboard moving along, some defensive plays. But it was late in that game, late in that fourth quarter, that we saw this Rockets team tap into something special to be able to, to pull this game out. Uh Brandon Ingram hit a really big three-pointer to push the lead ahead uh, to, what was it, like 90... 95, sorry, I apologize. 
Ingram hit the big three-pointer with about five minutes left to go in the game, and it gave them a seven-point cushion, so 93-86 for the Pelicans. And then the the possessions thereafter, it was about four minutes left to go in the game. Dylan Brooks hit this massive three-pointer to pull the Rockets uh, within four. So it was 95-91. And then the, the very next possession afterwards, Dylan Brooks draws an offensive foul on Jonas Valanciunas trying to set a screen on the perimeter. So that's five fouls on JV. Then on the next offensive possession, Alperin Shingun tries to fake a dribble handoff and then drives it in on Jonas Valanciunas. That was six fouls, and JV had fouled out of the game. And that opened things up for the Rockets after getting JV fouled out of this one. Alp goes to the free throw line, hits a couple big free throws, pulls the Rockets within two points, 95-93. Then on the other end, Zion Williamson has this big-time drive, kicks it to the corner. Brandon Ingram drains a three. Um, on the next defensive possession for the Rockets after a, a Dylan Brooks missed layup, Zion tries to drive it in on the baseline on Dylan Brooks and Dylan gets, uh, they, they, he wasn't credited with a block, but it looked like he blocked Zion's shot driving baseline. They, the Rockets go the other direction. Jeff Green misses a wide open corner three pointer and the rebound kind of, it lands in between like Fred and Alpi and a couple Pelicans players. And I think like Jordan Hawkins had like a hand on it and Alpi just muscled it away from him. Pump faked Larry Nance Jr. Up in the air and then goes up strong finishes and one opportunity. Now Alpi did miss the free throw, unfortunately. And then coming down on the other end, we're under two minutes to play now. And it is a three point game, 98 to 95. And the Pels are running this action on the perimeter. And Alpi dives trying to intercept a pass to Zion Williamson. And it, it winds up like careening into the legs of Dyson Daniels. Sends him to the free throw line. So he gets two free throws. Dyson Daniels sinks the two free throws. Then they come down on the other end. And Alperin Shingun draws a foul. Uh, misses his two free throws. And it was at that point, I'm like, under two minutes to go. You're missing free throws. You're giving away free throws. Like, like there's no way they're going to be able to come back and, and close this one out. It's a five-point game with about a minute and a half left to go. And Alpi had this moment where, first off, there, there was like a, a, you know, like a loose ball in play. And Alpi dives trying to like he gets basically Alpi gets a poke check on Larry Nance. Then he dives into the backcourt trying to recover the basketball, doesn't recover it, but manages to get back into the scene of the play in time to deflect a pass from Zion Williamson. Then they turn that deflected pass into a transition opportunity where Fred Van Vliet pulls up from three, misses the three pointer, gets his own rebound. Kicks it out to Dylan Brooks on the perimeter, relocates to the opposite corner, and then DB does like this quick little dribble handoff, kind of screens Fred's man, and then Fred drains the corner three, which brings the Rockets within two points. Brings them up to, it's, it's 100 to 98 at this point. And then they come back down on the other end, and uh, DB gets a, a, a steal on on Brandon Ingram, like they're on the perimeter and Brandon Ingram's trying to get the ball, trying to get his, you know, get to his spot. And he like falls over. I think Dylan may have given him a, a little shove there, a little help to the ground. And uh, Dylan gets the steal. He's coasting in transition. He's trying to like body up against Hawkins or, or Dyson Daniels. And uh, he goes up for the layup and Zion comes back and blocks the crap. But like, it was like, I mean, it was LeBron esque the way that Zion showed up to block this shot. Um, and so then I mean, after that possession, it goes down to, like, you know, the, the the block shot from Zion goes out of bounds. The Rockets get a chance to 
<clears throat> pardon me, the Rockets get a chance after that possession uh, to like, kind of, they recover the ball, team rebound, uh, and then they're able to call an out-of-bounds set, like a you know sideline out-of-bounds play. And off of that play, Fred VanVleet steps in, he gets the ball, or Jalen Green gets the gets the inbounds pass, and then gets it immediately back to to Fred VanVleet. Fred calls for a pick, calls for a screen, uses the screen from Jeff Green, and like just steps so confidently into like a 27, 28 foot three pointer and drains it, puts the Rockets up one point. They came roaring back in that fourth quarter, and it all started. I mean, they so much of it had to do. With the defense in that fourth quarter shutting down Zion Williamson, holding him to, I believe, just two points in that final frame. I want to confirm that number. Yeah, just two points for Zion on one of three shooting in that final quarter. Uh, Brandon Ingram, even though he got to the free throw, even though he hit a couple three-pointers and got to the free throw line a couple times, Brandon Ingram was two of seven in that final quarter. Because the Rockets decided to switch up their defensive assignments. They put Jeff Green on Zion. They put Dylan Brooks on Brandon Ingram. And, I mean, the way that the Rockets were able to close this one out. And then the, the final, you know, kind of serious offensive possession. Fred Van Vliet uh, drew, uh, drew a foul, got to the free throw line, iced both free throws to put the Rockets ahead comfortably. And it, that, was, that was all she wrote, man. I mean, Jalen Green... Ice the very last free throw of the game. He had a chance to hit two free throws and he missed the very first one, which was kind of a little uh, concerning because it left a room. It left a little room for the Pelicans to be able to get back into it with a two pointer. But then he hit the second free throw. The Rockets were up 104 101 and the Pels had no timeouts remaining. So they had to inbound at full court and they just they couldn't do it, man. I, I this I am so impressed and so proud of how the Rockets were able to close this game out because at so many different points it looked like the Pels were ready to pull away. Uh, you know the the big you know the couple big threes that Brandon Ingram had, the one at the top of the key, the one in the corner. Uh, you know after each one of those, it kind of felt like oh that's that's the backbreaker. That's going to be the one that that sends this game away or the the mistake by Al P. Granted, it was hustle and he was trying his best, but diving at, at the ankles of Dyson Daniels. And, and giving him two free throws and then missing two free throws on the other end, it kind of felt like the Rockets were compounding some of their mistakes and it felt like they weren't, weren't executing perfectly there to end the game, but they were still able to come out on top. They were still able to win it. Some huge, big-time shots and big-time play from Fred Van Vliet down the stretch. Really, I, I want to give maximum amount of, amount of credit. Like, Fred was amazing in that fourth quarter he had 10 points he was a plus 12 in the quarter hit the two big threes hit the free throws to ice the game Dylan Brooks played the entire quarter and played about half the quarter with five fouls because the referees were in their bag and calling some very ticky tack stuff against Dylan Brooks over the course of this game he wound up only finishing with what was it like 21 minutes played yeah, 21 minutes of action for Dylan Brooks in this game because he spent so much time on the bench in foul trouble. And then Jalen Green, the, the tip of the spear for the Rockets offensively, the high point man in this game with 25 points scored. Jalen Green kind of held down the scoring load earlier in the quarter. And then, you know, Dylan Brooks, Fred Van Vliet, Al P, they were able to, you know, be the ones to bring it home late. And Al P, man, his defense. We're going to talk about so we're going to talk about so much more from this game, but this was probably the most impressive win of the season. I know the blowout wins are cool and it's, you know, watching the, you know, teams have to, you know, sit their starters in the fourth quarter. These wins are so much more exciting because this was a gutsy, gritty, 
tough it out win. And this team showed a ton of resiliency to be able to pull this one off. I, I, I couldn't be happier about this one. I want to continue to talk about this game. Some of what we saw from Alperin Shangoon, Dylan Brooks, how the Rockets adjusted defensively to stop Zion Williamson, and also the fact that, hey, Jabari Smith Jr. got benched down the stretch of this game. How does he respond to that moving forward? We're going to get to all of that and so much more in just one moment. First, today's episode is brought to you by Jace Medical. We spend a lot of time talking together. We get fired up on wins and losses, who's starting, who's sitting. Fred Van Vliet drilling two insanely clutch three-pointers to give the Rockets the win over the New Orleans Pelicans, and I'm thankful for that connection. So today, we're going to get a little bit more personal. We just learned that you can get a one-year supply on ED medications through Jace Medical. You realize what that means? That means you can bring on that extended travel trip, the next natural disaster or supply chain issue, and you're covered. You don't have to worry about whether or not you can refill your generics for Cialis, Viagra, or whatever daily medications you need in your life. And this is possible because of our friends over at Jace Medical. Go online right now at jacemedical.com to receive your 12-month supply on your daily medication. Remember to use promo code LOCKEDON at checkout for a discount as well. A verified customer had this to say about Jace Medical. I'm thankful for this service. Supply chain issues caused me to cut pills in half to have it in stock. I ordered most of my daily meds with a year supply. I also ordered an antibiotic kit. I feel secure now. Prices are lower than local pharmacies. I highly recommend this for everyone. If you or someone you love would get some peace of mind by having a year supply of any kind of daily medication, go to jacemedical.com to see if it's offered for you. Remember to use promo code locked on for $20 off of your purchase. Again, that's promo code locked on for $20 off of your purchase at jacemedical.com. And continuing on here at Locked on Rockets, your daily podcast home for everything Houston Rockets basketball. So amped, so excited from this Rockets 104-101 win against the Pelicans, the first of their in-season tournament matches. Again, these games will be held on Tuesdays and Fridays throughout the regular season leading up to, or this is the, the group stage of the tournament. And then if the Rockets qualify, they could find themselves in Vegas uh, in December, a little bit later on this season uh, to, you know, try and qualify for the, the you know, in-season tournament title games and, and whatnot. Uh, still a little fuzzy on how all of it works, but... Basically, Rockets are 1-0 in tournament season play, so that's, uh, that's a ton of fun. Man, I still can't get over Fred Van Vliet pulling not one, but two clutch three-pointers. He really said, boom, another one. When he pulled up for that 27-28 that footer to, to ice the game and you know turns to the crowd. And I, I think he said, get the F up, I think. It, you know, I, I can't, I'm not exactly 100% sure what he, what he said in that moment, but he was, he was fired up excited and uh he he led this Rockets team home man and there's gonna be some games where he's the closer there's gonna be some games where Al P's the closer there's gonna be some games where Jalen is the closer hell there might be some games where where Dylan is the closer and, and Jabari's gonna have opportunities to also be the closer but I want to focus in on the defense in this game for a minute and kind of we'll we'll rewind the clock momentarily uh, to go a little bit back to the early part of this game where it looked like the Rockets were going to have zero answer for Zion Williamson. Um, he had 14 first quarter points and it really looked like they weren't going to be able to contain him whatsoever. But then Zion managed to only score 10 points the rest of the way after a very, very dominant first quarter where he was, I want to confirm this really quick. He had his 14 points on five of six shooting. So 14 points on five of six shooting, which means that he went three of 10 for just 10 points. The rest of the, the rest of the game, uh, eight of 11 at the free throw line, 
eight rebounds. I mean, it, you know, Zion looked like he was going to be a monster. And then the Rockets adjusted defensively. And what stood out is basically they started guarding Zion, kind of how we've seen teams try to guard Giannis, where you just give him like 10 feet of space and you, you're like, all right, you can get all the head of steam you want. But then Dylan or Jeff, whoever the primary defender was, or even Tate at times before he got ejected, which we'll cover a little bit later on, they would back up about 10 feet away from Zion, pretty much down to the free throw line. And they were almost touching fingertips with the Rockets defenders who are located on each wing. So they were really cutting off those driving lanes. And Zion was seeing multiple bodies every time he drove to the point that it was uncomfortable for him, right? They really did shut him down. And there was also just an, an incredible level of individual one-on-one defense being played by Dylan Brooks, by Jay Sean Tate, by Jeff Green later in the game, uh, just trying to hold Zion. And that's why he really struggled as the game went on. No, Again, Dylan Brooks picked up two very early fouls and had to sit early on. And having your best defender on the bench for as much time as he spent over there was, was really unfortunate for the Rockets. And that's part of the reason why Zion had, you know, such a monster first quarter. And then that's also why Brandon Ingram over the course of the game was, was sensational. He finished with 31 points on 11 of 24 shooting, but it was in that fourth quarter where the Rockets were able to decide, hey, we're going to put Jeff out there, we're going to put Dylan out there, we're putting Jeff on Zion, and we're putting Dylan on Brandon Ingram. And doing that is what allowed the Rockets to to shut both of those guys down. Again, Zion just one of three in that final frame. Brandon Ingram just two of seven shooting in that final quarter, uh, really shutting them down defensively. And even like, you know, Alpi had like at one point in the fourth quarter, Alpi had a monster block on Jonas Valanciunas under the rim. And then a few possessions later, Dylan Brooks had a monster block on JV where he comes, you know, he came soaring in uh, as JV was trying to elevate and get a shot off at the cup. And I mean, there was a lot of antics going on in this game. There was a moment where uh, they got tied up with a loose ball, uh, you know, a a jump ball under the Rockets basket, or I I should say, sorry, under the... uh, I guess it is the Rockets basket um, under the Rockets basket. And uh, Dylan didn't let go of the ball and like kept holding on to it when JV tried to rip it away from him. And JV walked away in a huff and he was all pit. And that's just, that's just Dylan Brooks, man, getting inside your head a little bit. And there was even a moment a little bit later on as the Rockets were lining up for some of Alpi's free throws, I believe. And, uh, or was it Alpi's free throws or, or Fred's free throws? The, it was somebody's free throws near the end of the game. And Dylan kept trying to change sides, change which side he was on for the free throw box out because he wanted to be on the side with Brandon Ingram. And it you know, it was the very, it was the very final free throw of the game, I believe. Um, because it was, it was Jalen's free throws. And he like kept crossing the lane and he crossed the lane to follow Brandon Ingram like three or four different times before the referees finally were like, Dylan, pick a spot and stay there. It was so ridiculous. Um, but the guy who, who I'm, who, who is your locked on Rockets player of the game in this one, the guy who played through injury, the guy who bodied jo- Jonas Valanciunas all game, the guy who came up big in that fourth quarter and had some insane defensive plays down the stretch of this game. Not a guy you thought would have, it would be making his mark on a game via defense was Alper and Shingo and your locked on Rockets player of the game. In this one, Alpi had 24 points on 11 of 15 shooting. They really had no answer for him offensively. The only thing that could guard Alper and Shingun in this game was the free throw line. Two of five shooting at the free throw line. Uh, eight rebounds, three assists, two steals, and a block shot. And man, the plays where he was diving on the floor, scrapping after loose balls, 
deflecting passes. He currently leads the Rockets, by the way, defensively in deflections. That's how active Alpi has been defensively so far this season. Uh, and after the game, I mean, I got a chance to ask Dylan Brooks kind of, you know, what he has seen from Alper and Shingun defensively so far. What did you see from Alper and Shingun as well defensively just to, to close this one out, making some plays that he maybe wouldn't have been able to make last year? Uh, just that motivation, um, you know, you don't want to be that, you know, that player that, you know, makes the wrong decision or makes that, you know, or doesn't go hard. And, um, you know, he's showing it every single game, uh, playing through injury, um, you know, finding ways to make plays on the defensive end, putting his body on the line. Um, you know, you see growth from that. And once you see players do that, you know, it makes you want to, you know, make plays as well on the defensive end. So um, a lot of growth, you know, in this game. But, you know, it's a long season. You know, we got, you know, plans, you know, to, you know, do big things. So, you know, this is one of the steps. The hustle, the defense, the energy, it really is contagious. And, and you see this whole, it, it's permeating this whole Rockets team. They're so bought in on this identity. And really, Al P is, is leading that charge. The fact that he has elevated his defense to this point where he's making, now he, he's making important defensive plays at the ends of games. That's not something that I feel like we could have said about Al P last year, at least not consistently. Right, and a big part of it was because the Rockets' defense as a whole was just Swiss cheese, and it was almost impossible for Alp to be in a position to make defensive plays last season. But now we're seeing Alp really rise to the occasion. He's hustling, he's busting his ass out there, and it is so impressive to see. And Alp talked about, you know, Alp was asked uh, about, you know, what it means to to have these veterans out here in Fred, in Dylan, in Jeff Green to help them kind of be in position to help him, to help Jalen be in position to to close out this game? Like, I can say, like, me and Jalen, they are, like, Fred and Jeff and Dylan, they are our ass. Like, you know, like, even when we playing bad, like, we are down nine, you know, Jalen has down, he's, like, going scream at him, like, come on, like, blah, 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 you know, Dylan to me, Jeff to me, like, you know, which is great for us, and that's, we, like, learning, you know. They are on our ass. What a quote from Alper and Shingun. First off, the English is, is so much better. It's, it's, it's really funny how, how great he's gotten at, at the English language and how he's picking up on all these different terminologies and stuff that we use on the day-to-day -day basis. And, and that's exactly what you see, right? Over the course of the game, you know, you'll see Fred, you'll see Dylan, you'll see Jeff, you know, explaining stuff or even yelling at, you know, Jalen and, and Al P or Tari or Jabari trying to make sure that they're not making these, you know, young player mistakes. And to have that trio specifically, the veteran trio of Fred, Dylan, and Jeff out there on the court with Jalen and with Al P. Those two guys are the future, right? Those two guys are the guys leading the charge of the heavy hitters. They were the ones doing the brunt of the scoring in this game. Jalen leading the way with 25, Al P with 24. Fred came up in a big way late in that quarter with his 10 points, but you know, over the course of the game was uh, you know a little bit on the on the quieter end, but showed up when it mattered most. Having those vets out there and being able to rely on them and rely on their production is so damn important. And you're just seeing the dividends you're seeing how how this is paying dividends the additions of these guys and how they're being put in positions now to succeed where Jalen and Alpi have the chance and man there was this you know Jalen and Alpi there's a photo that the Rockets uh, the official Rockets account posted where they're like hugging after the win and they both seem just so 
incredibly genuinely excited and happy. And, you know, I, I feel I feel incredibly happy for them, right? They had to go through a lot these past couple of years with all the losing, all the crappy narratives, everything. Now you're seeing guys like Kevin O'Connor and Matt Moore, good friend of good friend of ours, also part of the Locked On Network, uh, and and our old friend Bill Simmons. You're seeing them say that this Rockets team is fun, is exciting to watch, that they're rooting for them. Um, this Rockets team is going to be like the underdog lovable team of the NBA this season, I feel like, as far as just their storyline, the narrative, Ime Odoka turning around the, you know, turning things around here. Uh, if you're not on the hype train yet, you better get on because it's about to leave the station, right? You know, honestly, honestly it's already left the station, but uh, some incredible play from Alper and Shingun in this game. You're seeing the veterans really start to recognize and, and identify and say, hey, like this, this is our guy. Like he's getting after it. Uh, where's where's my Silas line? Uh, there it is. They're getting after it like they're supposed to. They're getting after it like they're supposed to. That's exactly what they did in this game. Coming up, I want to share some final thoughts on this one. Some of the uh, really sloppy officiating as well as the bench production from guys like Jay Sean Tate, Tari Eason, Jeff Green. Uh, and how do we expect Jabari Smith Jr. to respond to not being in to close out this game late? We're going to get there in just one moment. First, today's episode is brought to you by Prize Picks. Prize Picks is the largest daily fantasy sports platform in North America. They're the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports because it's just you versus the numbers instead of battling thousands of other players, including pros and sharks. All you do is pick more than or less than on two to six player stat projections, and then you watch the winnings roll in. It's that easy. Prize Picks is so simple to play. You can make your picks and submit your entries in less than 60 seconds. They have quick withdrawals, easy gameplay, and an enormous selection of players and stat types, which is what makes Prize Picks the number one daily fantasy sports option. And now, with basketball season here in full swing, you can also do combo projections across football and basketball from the Specials League, a league created specifically for combo projections that includes two or more players from different sports or leagues. For example, you can do LeBron James plus Travis Kelsey at a 10.5 combo of three-pointers made plus reception. So if you've been considering getting into daily fantasy sports, you got to check out PrizePix. Go to prizepix.com slash LockedOnNBA and use code LockedOnNBA, all lowercase, for a first deposit match up to $100. Again, that's pricepicks.com slash locked on NBA and use code locked on NBA, all lowercase, for a first deposit match up to 100 bucks. Price picks is daily fantasy sports made easy. And final segment here at Locked on Rockets, your daily podcast home for everything Houston Rockets basketball. Now, I should have mentioned in our last segment where we were highlighting the defense, the adjustments, and, and how the Rockets were able to uh, come out on top in this game, despite, you know, obviously the, the the clutch offensive production and performance from Fred Van Vliet late. Yes, the clutch shots hit by him, Dylan Brooks, the free throws from Al P, all of that. But it was really the defense and being able to lock in defensively there in that fourth quarter that gave the Rockets this win. So I want to know, what was your favorite defensive play in that fourth quarter? Let me know in the YouTube comments. Uh, I do read each and every one of those every single day. But man, I will say, even though the Rockets won this game, the officiating was just god-awful. Like, I really haven't seen officiating this bad in a long time. Dylan Brooks spent so much of the game on the bench because he was in foul trouble due to some really ticky-tack fouls, honestly. Um, and it wasn't actually even just the Rockets uh, in this game Friday evening that dealt with poor officiating because, uh, oh my goodness, and all, 
Shout out to Alperin Shagoon, who's posting a tweet, uh, a picture of him and Fred Van Vliet both flexing and saying, Halloween is over, but the monster is still here. <laughs> oh, that's absolutely incredible. What a what a tweet by Alperin Shingoon. Um, but we found out there. So there was a pool report that happened after last night's game. And this happens whenever there are, you know, questionable calls by the officiating crew and the, the league office wants a reporter to go by and ask specifically what happened. So here's the pool report on the ejection of Jay Sean Tate in the third quarter against the Pelicans. So Kelly Eco did the pool report. Uh, question was, why was Jay Sean Tate given two technical fouls? Tyler Ford answered, the first technical foul was given for an overt gesture in resentment to the call on the floor. The second technical foul was for questioning the integrity of the game official. Let me read that one more time. Questioning the integrity of the game official. Gee, that's really funny because it doesn't really feel like there's much integrity with the game officials. The follow-up question. Regarding the first technical foul, there was some confusion amongst the Rockets players surrounding a call made on the floor and who committed the offense. Could that have been explained to Tate prior to the technical foul being given? Ford. No, his unsportsmanlike behavior happens immediately following the call on the floor. Again, NBA officials taking no responsibility for their actions, not to mention the fact that they also missed a blatant goaltending call on one of Jalen Green's drives in this game to where I was like, if this game came down to like a one-point loss for the Rockets, I was going to be livid because... Jalen's driving in transition, and it was a clear-as-day gold 10. His shot, his layup hit the backboard before it got blocked, and yet the referees missed it in real time. Everybody was standing around. We saw it on the replay monitor, but nothing could be done about it because technically there was no call on the floor, whether it was a gold 10 or a not gold 10 or an offensive basket interference, whatever. There has to be a call on the floor for Ime Odoka to use his challenge, and because there was no call on the gold 10, Ime Odoka was not able to challenge it. So Jalen Green had to just go to the free throw line and settle for two points instead of what could have been a three-point play. Absolutely ridiculous showing by the referees. And across the way in Memphis, also in the South, Southwest Division, uh, Taylor Jenkins absolutely tore into the referees' postgame. Like, he went on a rant for, like, two-plus minutes about how poorly their game was officiated. So officiating is just, it really is disappointing that the NBA is this, you know, amazing product, amazing, uh, you know, thing that people love to consume entertainment value, whatever you want to call it sport. It's an amazing sport. And yet it gets ruined time and time again by, uh, referees who are so inept at their job that they can't even, they can't be scrutinized. You can't criticize them. If they make a mistake and you're upset with them that they made a mistake, then they compound that error by, by giving you technical fouls, by, by teeing you up for daring to complain. It's it's absolutely ridiculous. And, I'm, and I'm, I'm happy that the Rockets were able to still win this game despite the interference, I will say, from the referees. And, you know, it was, it was just a mess, man. Jay Sean Tate didn't deserve to be ejected. And the Rockets were really in a tough spot defensively because Jay Sean Tate's their most important bench player. So shout out to Uncle Jeff for being able to step up big time in this game and, and be the closing piece for this Rockets lineup. Because if, if Jeff or if Tate hadn't got ejected, I feel like Jay Sean Tate probably would have closed this game out. Maybe, maybe Ime still would have gone with Uncle Jeff instead. Because when I asked Ime post game, 
what went into the decision to close with Jeff Green, he said specifically that he really liked how Jeff Green was playing defense on Zion and that they felt comfortable about him guarding Zion, which is why they put him back in the game. And then they allowed Dylan Brooks to switch over to Brandon Ingram. And then that was just kind of the best case scenario moving forward for them was having those two guys um, swapped out. Now, it wasn't all perfect. There were some mistakes down the stretch of this game, and there were some some very critical errors uh, throughout this game that the Rockets are going to have to clean up uh, if they want to beat some of the better teams down the line. There's not there's no chance in hell they beat the Denver Nuggets playing this way on Sunday if uh, if they don't clean up some of these mistakes. Like for example, there was one error uh, very similar to the error that happened where Steph Curry hit the first major three pointer that got him rolling late in that fourth quarter uh, with two guys you know messing up on a switch action on the perimeter. Uh, Dylan Brooks and Alperin Shingun had a bit of a com- uh, bit of confusion guarding Brandon Ingram on one of their possessions late in the game, and it resulted in a wide open three for Brandon Ingram. And thankfully, he bricked it off the back iron. But it was like a moment where they both they both sagged off Brandon Ingram, and one of them was clearly supposed to stay on Ingram, whether it was supposed to be DB, whether it was supposed to be Shingun, whoever it was supposed to be didn't happen, gave up a wide open shot. Now, thankfully, Ingram did not make the Rockets pay for that, but those are the types of mistakes that you have to clean up. And even though having Tari Eason back has been uh, amazing, the defense has been incredible, the rebounding is is a welcome sight. He had eight boards, two blocks in 19 minutes of run. The offense is going to be, it's, it's looking really rusty, and the layups are still an issue, man. One of eight shooting for Tari Eason, in this game, uh, he's got to find a way to clean up the layups. Like, I don't know if it's, he just needs to slow down a little bit. I don't know if it's because he, he needs to just stop trying to lay the ball in and like actually stop and just elevate and try and dunk the ball. Uh, but he's got to figure it out because and there was even a possession man where Tari got the rebound, started walking the ball up and he was even motioning. He was even he had his hand up like slow it down, slow it down, calm down. And Fred was calling for the ball. And then Tari saw that his man was like, I guess not paying attention or whatever. And then Tari tried to drive it in and forced up a bad shot. Like that kind of stuff can't happen. Like those are the types of moments where you're like, okay, that's very much like young people, young player behavior that, that the, the vets and Ime are going to have to squash out. Cause that moment, you know, in the course of a game, you know, a moment like that is not going to completely kill you. But when the game is that close, that tight, you've got to, you know, minimize your errors as much as possible. So you know, I liked what we saw from Tari defensively. I liked the rebounding, the hustle, the grit that he plays with. But you got he's got to clean up some of the offensive stuff, man. Those woes, are it's it's going to be a little bit too much to overcome at certain points down the line. Uh, Jay Sean Tate, in his limited amount of run, 24 minutes, his, his game ending early due to being ejected. Uh, seven points on three of seven shooting. Just one of four from three-point land. Uh, three rebounds, two assists, three steals. Jay Sean Tate was, again, everywhere defensively in this game. And he was, you know, arguably their second best defender, you know, out there throwing extra bodies at Zion, at, at Ingram, just hustling around the court. Uh, and, you know, it's unfortunate that he wasn't able to, to actually stay in there and close this one out. But because Dylan Brooks was in foul trouble, I mean, he was able to start the fourth quarter and play basically the entire fourth quarter. Dylan and Fred both played the entire fourth quarter. Jalen basically played the entire fourth quarter. He had like 11-something minutes played, and the only reason he didn't have a full 12 is because they subbed Jalen Green out for defensive purposes at one point later in the quarter. Uh, and LP played like, what, near nine minutes in the quarter? I want to confirm that. Uh, yeah, Alper and Shingun had just under nine minutes played in that fourth quarter. And it's kind of crazy to say, but, you know, we're at this point where coming into the season, who would have thought that 
Jabari Smith Jr. would have been the guy getting benched at the end of games because of defense and not Alperin Shingoon. And I don't think this was necessarily like Jabari was playing bad defense per se. It was just Jeff Green was more suited to guard Zion Williamson. And then that allowed Dylan Brooks to be the guy to guard Brandon Ingram. And that just made more sense from a defensive perspective. And that's how Ime justified it at the end of the, or, you know, in his, in his postgame presser. I'm very curious to see how Jabari Smith Jr. reacts to this because this is very clearly what's going to happen this season is if there's a game where Ime thinks that there's a lineup out there that, you know, doesn't feature Jalen Green or doesn't feature Alperin Shingoon or doesn't feature, you know, Jabari Smith Jr. And he's trying to win a game. He's going to go to that lineup. And that's exactly what happened in this one. And I'm, I'm very curious to see what happens with Jabari moving forward. Does he... You know, does he pout about this? Does he get, you know, does he, does he sulk? Is he upset? Or does he use it as motivation? Does he take this and build upon it and see that, hey, like he could have been out there if he was a better matchup defensively, uh, you know, against Brandon Ingram, if he was able to check Brandon Ingram a little bit better, then maybe he would have been out there closing and they would have still left Dylan Brooks on Zion because Dylan Brooks could guard. You put Dylan Brooks on whoever, and he's, he's clamping up whoever he guards, man. Uh, you could put him on big old Zion Williamson. You can put him on tall and lanky Brandon Ingram. You can put him on LeBron. You can put him on KD, whoever you want to put Dylan Brooks on. He's going to find a way to slow him down and at least make their life difficult defensively, because that's the type of player that he is. So, and you know, it's not like Jabari was having, a horrible game, but he, he, you know, he was off offensively and there were better defensive options is the thing. So he only finished with six points on two of eight shooting. He had seven rebounds. He had two assists. Uh, yet another game where the Rockets did a, a pretty admirable job in the rebound department. Although the, the Pelicans just had a lot more size uh, in their backcourt with Jordan Hawkins and, and Dyson Daniels. And then obviously Valanchunas and Zion Williamson. That's a lot. Those are a lot of big bodies to have to try and box out. Dyson Daniels had 10 boards. Zion had eight, Valanciunas had nine. Um, you know, the, the Rockets fought, though. They matched the physicality of the Pelicans, I thought, and this was a Pelicans team that uh, you look at how aggressive they were. Pelicans made it to the free throw line 34 times in this game. 34 free throw attempts for the Pelicans. Now, the Rockets were quite a bit more aggressive there in that fourth quarter, but at one point, the free throw discrepancy was, like, absurd. The Pelicans had, at one point, like, 11 or 13 more free throws than the Rockets did, and that's because the Pelicans just play that really in intense, aggressive style of basketball, really getting downhill, attacking the basket, and also the Rockets were getting whistled for some ticky-tack stuff, which, you know, got them in the bonus occasionally and, and allowed some uh, easier free throw opportunities here and there, but... By and large, a really impressive performance by the Houston Rockets. They forced a ton of turnovers, uh, and then they they generated a bunch of points off of those turnovers. That was a key thing here. The Pelicans had 18 turnovers. The Rockets scored 27 points off of those 18 turnovers. Uh, again, defense leading to offense. That's exactly the way Ime Odoka likes to do it. So, gutsy, impressive win by the Rockets, and let's see if they can keep this thing going. Let's see if they can pick up another one against the... Denver Nuggets, the last game of their seven-game homestand. And I want to confirm this, but I do believe, if I'm not mistaken, the Rockets are currently undefeated in the, in the month of November. They have yet to lose in November because the very first game in November was the Charlotte Hornets, and they have now won five games in a row. So undefeated so far in this month of November. November has been very good to your Houston Rockets. So with that, 
That's going to do it for today's episode. Again, let me know your favorite defensive play from this game. Let me know your favorite moment. I don't care. Just, just tell me how you feel about this game. Give me your thoughts in the YouTube comments. But as always, thank you so much for watching. Thank you so much for listening. And we look forward to having you back right here at Locked on Rockets, your daily podcast home for everything Houston Rockets basketball.